Isaiah 9, verse 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government, cheese, no, excuse me, the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. How many of you have a hard time keeping your Christmas gifts a secret? Oh, yeah, I'm sure there's more of you. Pastor... <laughs> Pastor Carrie was terrible at it the first several years we were married. I always knew what I was getting because she would let it out of the box, or not, not literally, but she would, she would tell me. She's better about it now. She says, now I bribe it out of the kids. I'm, I'm that kind of guy, tell me, no, don't tell me, tell me, don't tell me. I'm like, I'm like a kid, a little kid, you know. I want to know, no, I don't want to know. Oh, but how many of you have given gifts away already and, and, and told the person they have to open it already? Yeah, yeah, many of us do that. I've got like four ties and some other stuff and, and other nice gifts. The ties are nice too, don't get me wrong. Uh, all these things that, that God has given, that you all have given me, and you've asked me to open them. I'm like, yeah, I like that. That's cool. Can I tell you, this verse to me, it, it, it says the same thing. It, it, this verse is, is God's way of telling people about Christmas way before it ever happened. So 700 years before Jesus was born, over 2,700 years ago now, God foretold the Christmas story through Isaiah chapter 9. Well, it wasn't chapter 9 and verse 6 then. But you understand, through the prophet Isaiah, God told the Christmas story about an amazing baby who would come save the world. Amen? That's what we're talking about today. And the Bible said that he would be called Wonderful Counselor, right? Mighty God. Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. He wasn't going to come as another religious leader. He wasn't going to come as a, and they were hoping for a military leader. He wasn't coming as a politician. He was coming as a mighty God. But he was coming first as a baby in the flesh. God sent his son from heaven, God Almighty, God the Son, as a baby. A helpless baby, so dependent on people. And then the tables were turned. We're so dependent on him now, aren't we? You know, the Messiah, he wasn't going to be like any other leader. He was unique. It was something the world has never seen before. It, 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 before, God was out there somewhere. Oh, God, he's out there somewhere. But now, God came in the flesh, in the form of a baby. And people were, can I put it this way, tripping. People be tripping when Jesus came as a baby. And they didn't know how to take that. They didn't know what to do with that. And so God said, I'm going to send my son, and I'm going to allow him to live among the people. And we see this in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall be with a child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. I love that verse, God with us. Isaiah said this about him, that he would be called everlasting father. That is... Um, a little bit confusing because up till now, it's always been God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, there have been entire denominations birthed out of a few verses that we're going to read today. 
thinking that God is somehow just one entity. They don't believe that there is a trinity, a triune Godhead, where there is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so what I want to share with you today is, is, is about God, the everlasting Father, in the form of Jesus Christ the Son. I know, I'm confused too, but hopefully by the time we're done here, we'll all have a better understanding. But God has always been referred to, God the Father, as the Father. As a matter of fact, Psalm 89, verse 26 says, He shall cry to me, You are my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. Isaiah chapter 63, verse 16 says, You, O Lord, are our Father. Speaking of God the Father, our Redeemer from everlasting is your name. But Jesus Christ claims to be like Father God to us. He says this in John chapter 10, verse 30. He says, I and my Father are one. He goes on to say in John 14, verse 9, He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? He says, you're looking at him. And we shouldn't be confused about these things because Jesus Christ does things like a father. He does things that a father would do, but even better, doesn't he? The fact that he was being called everlasting father in this verse speaks to me that he is God in every way, shape, and form. You can't reduce him down to just being a baby. He was God all by himself. Amen? So what does an everlasting father do? These are the, the things that I want to share with you today. I, I struggle with a sermon like this because many of you know my testimony. My, my dad was in the house till I, was, till I joined the Navy, but, but he wasn't. He was drunk on the couch most of the time or, or verbally abusive towards me or my mom and all these different things. Don't get me wrong, but when I think about a father, I don't want to kind of look at my dad as the picture, my earthly dad. But God gave me an everlasting father. He gave me a savior. Come on, somebody. A Jesus who would die for me while I was still mucking it up. While I was still doing my thing. Jesus said, Ron Wilson, you're mine. So number one, he gives us life. Aren't you glad for that? He gives us life. That's what an everlasting father does. In a physical sense, we're created by our mommy and daddy. We won't talk about that. There's kids in the room. You tell them about it later. Spiritually, we're created by our heavenly father. Look at these verses. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. What about this one? John 1, verse 3. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Nothing. You were made through him. Without him, you would never have been made. You could even put your mommy and daddy aside. Without God in the midst, you still wouldn't be here, now would you? Jesus not only gives us physical life, but more importantly, he gives us everlasting life. That's the whole point of why we're here today. That's why we come to church, to, to, to recognize that we have been saved, redeemed, set free, set apart, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. Yeah. I'm supposed to be teaching, and I feel like preaching in this place all of a sudden. You're supposed to, you're supposed to teach on Christmas Sunday, aren't you? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Look at John chapter 5, verse 24. It says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who has sent me has 
everlasting life. And he shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Wow. So the purpose of the everlasting Father is to ensure us everlasting life. Did you get that? There's a reason Jesus is called everlasting Father. See, your physical father helped bring you into this world. And I'll take you out. You never hear that. <laughs> your everlasting father is going to ensure that you have everlasting life. And he could take you out, but we won't go there. Number two, he gives us advice. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we talked about him as our wonderful counselor. But I want you to look at Luke chapter 21, verse 15. Now, this this. This, the context of this text is that they're talking about end-time events and, and how, how the world's going to be a bad place and there's going to be earthquakes and perilous times and, and all these things. And right, right there in verse 15, Jesus says that I'm going to give you a mouth and wisdom which your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. Listen, I, I don't know what it's going to look like. I, I, I feel like persecution is already in America but I feel like it's going to become more and more prevalent. I feel like there's going to be days in the not-too-distant future where we're going to have to make a decision for either Jesus or death. And I'm praying, God, I pray, I feel like I'm strong enough to say, ah, I choose Jesus in any circumstance, but I've never been faced with that before. Not with death, not looking death in the face, but this verse is telling me that I'm going to give you a mouth and a wisdom, and you're going to be able to say the things that, that you're too afraid to say, that you're going to say those things that are contrary to what the world is saying, and they're not going to know how to do it. They're just going to lop your head off because they're not going to know what to do with you. And I'm okay with that. To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. See, he's our wonderful counselor. And I don't know how many times we've asked our, our, our earthly fathers for wisdom and counsel, and, and, and that's good. Mark Twain tells a story about when he was 14. He says, he says, my father was so ignorant, I could hardly stand to have the man around. But when I turned 21, it, I was amazed at how much he learned in seven years. Right? Some of you just say, whoop, right over your head. But, but that's sometimes how we view our earthly dads, that, that they don't really understand. But can I tell you this? Our Heavenly Father does. Our earthly fathers at times have, have missed the mark. I, I know that I've failed my son at times. I know that I have failed my daughter at times. I know that I haven't been the person of God that I've been called to be at times. I know that I, I have made judgment, mistakes uh, concerning their life. I know these things. But listen, God never will. God doesn't make mistakes like that. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't mess up. He says, I'm the everlasting Father that you can always trust. I will always be for, there for you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Come on, somebody. That's my Jesus. Number three, he loves us. He's an everlasting Father that loves us uh, undoubtedly, uncomparably. John 15, verse 9 says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. I love love verses. I love love verses. That's, I love love. I love 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 verses. 
about love in the Bible. This is your turn. Give me, give me your favorite love verse. Somebody, come on. Somebody. Amen. That's showing love, isn't it? Somebody else. What is it? Tell us the verse. Oh, the whole chapter. Verse, yeah, it's the love chapter. That's right. I expected to hear that one. Yeah, there's lots of verses that describe the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. That's, he doesn't say I love you in there, but that says I love you, doesn't it? That's a whole lot of, whole lot of loving. Don't get me singing another song. Man, I don't know where this is all coming from today. <laughs> Who did that? Who went there? Is that Andy? Oh, that was you? Oh, man. I, listen, I know that Jesus loves me more than any earthly father ever could. Even if you have the greatest dad, I'm not putting down dads. I'm not, my dad was this way. I think I'm a good dad, but, but I, I'm just saying Jesus is the everlasting father. I know that he'll always be there to wrap his nail-scarred hands around me and embrace me and show me the love of God. You know, earlier today we were talking about feeling empty and void inside, and whenever I feel that way, I can be around 100 people and feel lonely. It's because I haven't spent enough time with my Savior. Even Jesus, he withdrew at times. He said, hey, guys, I got to go over here. I got to pray. I got to get with my daddy. I got to get with my heavenly. Now, don't you know that Jesus is right here filling the cavity of your heart? Don't you know that the love of God is right here? You don't have to go too far. You don't have to run to the house of God. Some of you, this is the only time you get the love of Jesus. And I'm telling you, he's there always. Reach out. Let him wrap his arms around you. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Number four, he protects us. When our kids are afraid, I'm not going to ask the question, they run to their dads. <laughs> I know earlier they were like, they run to their moms. I, I know, but that's not the illustration I'm trying to build here. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to preach here, everlasting father, not everlasting mother, okay? But, but, the, but there, is, there is truth, yeah. I know, I was the same way when, 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 when I got hurt, I had a boo-boo or an owie, I went to mama. But when I was deathly afraid, when I was scared to death of a monster under the bed, come on, what? Don't look at me like that. I went to dad. I went to dad. Now, you guys know my mom. She can whoop the butt like anybody else, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but daddy... You know, when I was with my friends on the schoolyard, my daddy beat up your daddy. So we run to our dad when we're in the, for most of us that had a good relationship with dad. The point I'm trying to make is that Jesus is there as an everlasting father. He'll always be there. My dad's been gone for over 25 years. I, I can't run to him. I can't go to him. I've had some spiritual dads in my life, and they're not always there when I call. But Jesus, every time I call on him, he's there. He protects me. John 17 says this, verses 11 and 12. Holy Father, keep them through your name, those whom you've given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those who you gave me, I kept them, and none of them is lost. 
That's not the right verse. I love that he says, none of them are lost. I have kept them, and none of them is lost. Second Thessalonians, but the Lord is faithful, who will establish you, and listen, guard you from who? The evil, the evil one. He is faithful. He is faithful to guard you from the evil one. Faithful to guard. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus, the everlasting Father, is the one who will guard you from the monsters under your bed, from the nightmares that you experience in life, from, from the chaos, from the, from the feeling inadequate, from the feeling less than, from the feeling like I'll never amount to anything. Jesus is the one that says, you are valuable. I own you. I died for you. You are worthy. I care about you. I love you. That was wimpy. That was a golf clap right there. Go, Jesus. Go, Jesus. Hole in one. Go, Jesus. No, no, no. Come on. Give him praise. Come on and give the Lord praise. That's right. It's football Sunday. Give him praise. Give him praise like the Raiders just made a touchdown. Come on, somebody. Oh, I'm sorry. Man, all you got to do is bring football into the equation. Look what happens, right? I don't know. You guys crack me down. But Jesus... That verse says that he never lets his guard down. And I'll tell you, he never lets you down either. He's always there for us to run to. He's always there for us to, to keep us safe and to protect us from the evil one. And he will never let you slip away from him. Never will he let you. Do you know that your salvation is secure? Do you know that, 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 that your salvation is secure in Jesus Christ? There is nothing that you can do if you are in Christ to separate his love from you. He will love you. He will love you. He will love you. He will love you through it all. I read a story this week about a man named Russell Edward Herman. Russell Edward Herman, he left trillions of dollars to thousands of people he never met. I know, right? I wish I was in on that. You didn't met me. There's a catch. Russell Edmund Herman didn't have a penny to his name. He was broke. Matter of fact, they had to stand on the street corners to raise money for his funeral. The problem is that, that he had great intentions, but he lacked the resources to follow through with what he wanted to do. Can I tell you that our Father, our God, our Jesus does not lack the resources or the power to follow through on every promise in this book. Amen. He will fulfill it. He will do it. You just need to let him. You need to open your lives, open your heart, open your arms to him and say, here I am, Lord. Bless me. Well, oh, you can't pray that way. Yeah, you can. I pray like that every day. God, bless me. Bless me so that I can be a blessing to others. Bless me so that I can, that I can help seek and save the lost. Come on, use me. I want to be a vessel, Lord. Use me until my dying breath, my last breath. I want to be used by you, Lord. We're so afraid to pray, bless me. Pray it. Believe it. You know why I'm God's favorite? Because I tell you I am. That's why. I, I'm God's favorite because I believe it with all my heart. I'm God's favorite because I'm in God's face, reminding him that I'm your favorite. I'm your favorite, God. I'm your favorite. Bless me. Bless me. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not prideful. 
My heart is that I could be a blessing to everybody else. And I'll tell you what, every one of you in this room can be God's favorite. Right behind me. Hallelujah. <laughs> God is completely the opposite of Russell Edward Herman. He can follow through. He always has been and he always will be faithful. Numbers chapter 23 verse 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do or has he spoken and will he not make good? No, he hasn't because he has. Did you follow that? He will do what he said, and he is not a man. He cannot take back any word in this book. If God said it, that settles it. Last point, he forgives us. He forgives us. That's the point we want to get to all day. The forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Because you really can't have any of the other without his forgiveness first. You're not qualified. You're not, you're not able to receive life, advice, love, and protection from the Father until you allow him to forgive you of your sins. There's a story. I want, I'm going to go ahead and read it this time. I know we're out of time, but I'll read it fast. It's, it's the prodigal son. Many of you are very familiar with it, but, but I have to, as a pastor, I have to not assume that you've all heard the story. And there's some points in here that, that, that speak to this. And it's, it's in Luke chapter 15. And I want you to read the whole story later because I'm not going to read it all to you. But he said, then he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to the father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. I can be a witness of that. But when he had spent all, there arose severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Verse 15, then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the field to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I want you to underline, highlight verse 19 in your Bible because it's significant today. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father. And when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servant, Bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf. Come on, somebody. We're going to have a barbecue right about now. Bring out the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Listen, in Jewish culture, it was not customary. They wore robes. They wore robes that drug the ground, and in order to run, okay, forgive me for this, you had to pull the robe up, which was uncustomary and very undignified in Jewish culture. You didn't show your legs. So, so men of stature didn't run. This man saw his son from afar off, 
And he lost all composure. He didn't care what anybody else was thinking. He didn't, he didn't care who was sitting next to him in the church pew. He pulled up his robe, and he began running to the sun, and he wrapped his arms around him. He began to love on this son who was slopping, slopping pigs. Yeah, we'll leave that alone. Pig stuff everywhere and, and, and probably sneaking a pot or two so he can get some food. And his dad just loved on him. And that's the picture that I want to show you today about the, the loving forgiveness of Jesus Christ. He doesn't care that you stink. I'm not saying you stink. He doesn't care that, that you've been out floundering your inheritance. He doesn't care that, you, that you've wasted every resource. He doesn't care that you've made every, under, every mistake under the book. All he cares about is that you would come home today. And can I tell you that today, I believe you're not here because it's Christmas Sunday and someone invited you to church, you're here today because God had a plan and a destiny for you way before you were ever created in your mother's womb. And he wanted you to know this, this final point, that he loves you. He loves you. He died for you. The everlasting Father has come to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. That's what he's come to do. That means this that you're entitled to way more than you deserve. Matter of fact, I deserve death. And anything better than death is better than I deserve. And God gave me eternal life. He gave me a son. He gave me a do-over. And another do-over. And another do-over. You're not out of do-overs. You're not out of chances. God set you up for today. God set you up to be in his kingdom today, to be forgiven. With every head bowed in this place right now. And you're here this morning and, and you would say, you know, Pastor, I need that forgiveness. I need Jesus to touch my life and to help me. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never had this opportunity before. Maybe you, you grew up in the church as a child and, and you went and did your own thing for a season and you're sitting here today and you're saying, you know what? I need a do-over. I need an everlasting father. If you're like me and you had a, fa a father that was in the home but wasn't, he was passed out on the couch every day and didn't spend much time with you. And when he was awake, it was usually some kind of verbal altercation and and you would say, I never had a father like that. And I will say to you that Jesus can become your father. He can show you how to be a good dad. I learned to be a good dad through the word of God. I learned to be a good dad through the people in the church of God, through the house of God, mentors, people that I, that I linked arms with in men's fellowship and my pastors. And Jesus is here and saying, if that's you, if you would accept me today as your Lord and Savior, then I want you to slip up your hand. I want to see it. Come on, let me see it. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. That's awesome. So here's how we're going to finish this today. We're going to pray the, we call it in the church world, the sinner's prayer, the prayer of salvation. And that's how you get saved. You just say this prayer with me. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, then you're saved. Yes. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I love you. I accept your forgiveness today. Be Lord of my life. Give me a do-over. Let me feel your love.
and help me to live for you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. There was five hands. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Well, uh, again, Merry Christmas. Uh,